Well, the fourth test starts next Wednesday. It's at Old Trafford. We love it there. BBC cricket reporter, friend of show, is Henry Moran. He joins us now. Henry, welcome. Good evening. Series sits 2-1. We just thought we'd let you win it, Headingley. We just thought, oh, yeah. we'd, you know, just keep it alive, Henry. This is what Glenn McGrath said to me the other day. <laughs> when he, he, you know what he's like, 5-0, it's always 5-0. And he said, OK, we'll, we'll give you 4-1. But, <laughs> yeah, it is still alive, but it's only just about still alive. It, it's one of those series, and it? it is like 2005, where you can make an argument for every single test match, mm. having gone the opposite way to which it has done. And... The interesting thing that now we've got to look at is how is uh, how is these two sides going to react? Because England, on the one hand, will feel, yeah, a little bit of momentum. Will Australia think, okay, right, we've had that one game, we've had that one blip. It's about time that we started really just putting the pressure on and getting the victory that's going to seal the first Ashes win in England uh, since 2001. So, fascinatingly, boys, my sense will probably be how many times are we going to see Marnus Labuschagne and Steve Smith both giving their wickets away cheaply. Mm. That's going to be a mm. big problem. And at what point is Johnny Bairstow going to start taking some catches? Yeah, great call there, Henry. I was, I was actually saying earlier, I feel like Australia's top order has probably let themselves down by about 100 runs in all the tests. There's been somebody make runs and then the other three haven't. And that's been the disappointing thing, I think, for the top four. They haven't been able to produce consistent performances. And then... I think we've been very boring in our bowler rotation and or variation. So I, I think that's been pretty ordinary as well from Australia. Yeah, and it's an interesting point, that the bowling side of it, because there has been a sort of acceptance that England are going to play a certain way. They're going to score quickly, and they'll probably score around about the same number of runs as Australia, but in about half as much time. The difficult thing for Australia now is to think about how they're going to rotate that fast bowling attack and whether they're going to persist with Scott Boland, who's been a little bit disappointing, to be honest. Somebody who, it seemed, would be absolutely perfect mm. for English conditions, consistent line and length. He gets it absolutely on the same spot every single time. He's not been quite as effective as I think many people thought mm. that he would be. And so much of the burden has fallen upon Pat Cummins, and particularly Mitchell Stark in the last Test match, who bowled mm. absolutely brilliantly. But can you keep on going to that well? Can you keep mm. on saying to those guys, Yep, we're going to ask you to bowl those overs because we don't necessarily trust that we're going to get the wickets to the other end. And then there's the big factor of whether Todd Murphy's going to bowl some more overs because it didn't feel to me like Pat Cummins trusted him to bowl the overs that he thought are going to see Australia to victory in the game at Headingley. It felt a little bit like he was searching for overs from elsewhere. So that's going to be a really interesting dynamic. I might get back to that. You mentioned Johnny Bairstow, the spirit of cricket, the great man that he is, Henry. Well, the only thing... (laughs) The English team hasn't dropped his Johnny Bairstow. Honestly, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Because he's, <laughs> he's become such a sort of focal point of this England yeah. team in the last 12 months. But this was always going to be the risk with playing Johnny Bairstow as your wicketkeeper because he's been this fragile talent, if you like, somebody that England know has been capable of brilliant things. And only at two points in his test career, once about seven years ago and in the last 18 months, has he shown everything that he can do? So why would you change the setup that makes it so much harder for him to then do the thing that, that, that made him so effective last year, which was to focus on his batting, give him the job, the job of the gloves as well, and you're asking for trouble because you're asking somebody to double their workload in effect. And so mm. it was always a high risk. And England are too stubborn now to make the change. What they should have done, in my view, is bring in Ben Folkes when Ollie Pope got injured, and say to Johnny Bairstow, we love you so much as a batter, you're just going to bat. Don't worry about the gloves. 
you're just going to keep uh, smashing that ball with the bat and that's what you've got to worry about. They didn't do that. No. They were a little bit stubborn about it. And England now have dropped, I think, over 18, I think 18 catches they've put down or missed something. And they've missed two reviews that they uh, would have had overturned as well. So they've effectively bowled Australia out for an extra test match and they're still in this series. Yeah. They've got to get it sorted because if they don't, they're going to find themselves losing this. Yeah, well, I'd keep him in, to be quite frank with you, Henry. Um, <laughs> and, and you'd keep David Warner in. Yeah, absolutely I would, because David Warner is somebody who England fans love to hate. We know that. We know he's the pantomime villain. But also, he can't score a run because Stuart Broad has got his number 17 times. Oh, yeah. He's got him out wow. now in Test cricket. It's unreal. And it's, it's like what you used to see between Glenn Barrar and Michael Atherton, and that sort of almost... You, before you're even out in the middle. And mm. what smiled in a way that made me think this guy's just not happy out there. He, you know, he's the smile of a man walking off the other day heading me that was like, well, I don't even know what to do anymore. I know I'm getting the nick off. What's the point? And so if he keeps playing, are Australia going to show some stubbornness knowing that this is a guy that has won them so many games in the past? Maybe he'll do it again. Maybe he won't do it again. But it's again, it's that difficult decision to make. Do you show loyalty or you make a decision, drop a player, perhaps show a sign of, not weakness necessarily, but a sign that you accept that there's a problem with one of the greats of the game and move him out of the side. That's one of the big debates for this Australian team. And you know what David Warner thinks? He's already decided when he's going to retire. He's going to play five more matches or whatever it is until the new year. Thank you very much. And that uh, in itself is an unusual position to, uh, to suggest when you think that you're going to be able to call your own resignation. Mm. Hey, Henry, on to the really important matters. You're getting your barbers sorted out over there over whose hair they're cutting and charging <laughs> oh, and the no. like. Sir Alistair Cook blaming our Alex Carey for it yeah. and it wasn't him at all. I mean, uh, do Get you know who right. the actual culprit was? No idea at all. It's one of those things that it, it was almost a throwaway comment, wasn't it? And it somehow got picked up. And everything. What I would have loved to have seen is I'd love to have seen Alex Carey come out to warm up the next day in a huge Tina Turner wig. <laughs> I'd absolutely love that. Just something, just <laughs> absolutely killed, you know, whatever it else, whatever else it might have been. But it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that is always part of Ashes cricket, isn't it? It's, yeah, it? There's a little story that it's picked up here and it might be, something that people have overheard somewhere or something somewhere else. It's, it's part of the Ashes story, and it's why we love it, because there is always that extra intensity. People are looking for those extra stories around it. And I mean, credit to Australia, actually. They feel like they've risen above it most of the time, and they've not been too affected, particularly by that incident at Lords with Johnny Bairstow's run out, which, may I point out, was entirely legitimate. He was out. He shouldn't have been walking out of his ground. I, mean, I don't know why it became such a big issue, we'll but see. it seemed to just be a bit of a England try and uh, well, not England as a teammate, but England as a country. Fair play to Australia. They just kept their heads out of the way and thought, well, you're going to argue. You do that and we'll get on with winning the Ashes. Yeah. Excellent, man. And the women's Ashes is hotting up as well. That now six points apiece. So mm -hmm. that's a close one with two one day uh, 50 over games left. It's in the balance. Wow. It is. I'm, I'm in Bristol as we speak. We were there last night watching England uh, get that victory. I mean, putting into context how much of a shock this is. Australia won 41 out of the last two international games yesterday. It hadn't got two consecutive matches. We had, I think we've had four prime ministers in Australia last matches in T20 cricket. So it's a real shock to see Australia in this position. But also, not just that, but the way they lost yesterday. They bowled 20 extra. 
Okay. Oh, oh, Henry, sorry, sorry mate. your just phone's up there, mate. Yeah. Listen, we'll keep in touch, Henry. We love your work. That's Henry Moran uh, there, BBC cricket reporter.